0: Once again, to It's More Than Just Fights. As always, I'm your host, the real deal Ricky Roller. Today's episode will be a little bit different, and while we're at it, sticking with our trend, I apologize for the, uh, the late episode here. Today's episode will be full, strictly combat sports MMA, no pro wrestling. Pro wrestling will be on the next episode, which will release uh, 24 to 48 hours within this episode being released. With that said, if we're gonna do things a little bit different, I figured why not change it up and bring in a special guest for the first time today. Uh, forgive me for lacking knowledge and uh, kind of disappointing considering this is a family member, but uh, we have with us today Naeem Scheib, uh semi-pro football player, um Scott's graduate, um, been, been in the sport for quite a while, weightlifting, trained in martial arts for quite a bit, but uh, like I said, I'm lacking a little bit of knowledge here, so I'll go ahead and and give the floor to our guest here, let him uh, uh, introduce himself a little bit more, let us know what teams he's played for, and in fact, you guys, the team he played for last year did pretty good, didn't they?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we uh, went five and five for our first season, um, and then we ended up uh, eligible for a Um, a championship down in Finlay, Ohio against the Finlay Knights, um, for the Midwest Frontier Bowl. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season. And yeah, like you said, I do have a background in the sport I've been playing for roughly 17, 18 years now. And, uh, powerlifting, did that all through high school. And I still lift every once in a while now whenever I have time with work. And then, uh, Yeah, like you said i did train with you um mma for for a while there it was a great experience and i would definitely recommend it to anybody that would want to gain that self-confidence in themselves because it is a definite confidence gainer or booster um but yeah
0: yeah that's that's definitely something i'm glad you brought up because uh this little segment here for the fans that are still listening at this point because i know it's a little different than we normally do things uh I'm going to introduce what I call my uh customizable segment which will be a segment whether it be 5 minutes or 15 25 who knows depends on what the guest feels like spending that duration on but we're we're not going to jump right into combat sports today as you hear you know we let Naeem do his little introduction on his his football team and what he does and the the comment he just made is actually where I'm going to go with this customizable segment is uh what martial arts and combat sports can do for people as a whole as an individual mentally not just physically because um that's actually why i started the sport uh consistently i did it originally as a a off-season thing to stay in shape you know you gotta do what you gotta do when your season isn't going on to stay in shape for your sport and wrestling was my sport which was during during the winter seasons in, in school so spring and summer I need something to do. Spring, you know, when I was in middle school, baseball wasn't an option unless I did waddles. So in summertime there was nothing. So it was kickboxing and karate to keep me in shape, but it got in a little bit of trouble as a juvenile and uh, was court ordered some therapy and the therapy actually recommended that I continue that because they felt as though that was beneficial and it was an outlet. Well, through that outlet I, I had a coach that became almost like a, a mentor, almost a father figure type role in my life. And he, he gave me a lot of advice and kickboxing and and karate became a lot more than just going and and working out or trying to punch somebody. You know, it became something for my mental health that, that gave me an outlet and a a vent source that I, I had never had in my life. And I was also somebody who lacked self-confidence, who you know was only 110 pounds till I was in the 10th grade, who dealt with my issues in school and through that I was able to gain my confidence to stand my ground and become the individual I am today. If it wasn't for karate and kickboxing, I wouldn't have the confidence to not only stand on my own two feet for myself and my family, but stand up for what I feel like needs to be represented through things like my charity and, right. and the other work that I do with people. Um, and,
1: and, and I mean, that's uh, that's how I've come to terms with football, and that's really kind of like you said, finding a father figure. That's how uh, the head coach, well, the assistant head coach now at uh, Climax Scott's, um, Kevin Langs, he uh, really took me under his wing when I came to Climax in eighth grade. He... Uh, <laughs> being a small school they don't have very many big kids and being in eighth grade and about 250 pounds jesus his uh he fell in love with me very quick (laughs) i can
0: imagine (laughs)
1: and uh so yeah from then on he uh pushed me to be better in football and powerlifting in school and that's really for or where my love for football began and then going through it, um, going through high school and figure out different sports to play throughout uh, the different seasons, that was hard and trying to find like join something else and then you would always try to get me to do kickboxing and, and MMA with you and it just because I was so busy trying to better myself football, football, I found MMA way later than I should have but I'm glad that I did end up finding it because it was definitely a life changer.
0: I mean not to not to touch on too personal of a subject and I won't go too much into detail but you started uh, training with me um, right after uh, a pretty big tragic incident in your life and uh, I feel as though at that point you kind of had also lost not only your drive for football at the time I felt like you had almost felt as though you you had gone stagnant you had had that little Olivet thing and then you know everybody was like what are you going to do are you going to continue to play and you took a little break there and then you had some personal things happen in your life there was a while where I was 110 percent convinced and so were some of the other guys that trained that you were going to get in the cage and you were going to do this and this is something that you were extremely passionate about Because the amount of dedication you put in at the beginning was so unreal. And you made a couple comments to me about something that some family had said to you and the amount of motivation that you had put in towards that. You wanted to use that to help overcome some of the negative things in your life. And I feel as though that's why you found MMA as late as you did. Because you wrestled in school, you played football, and you know that none of those unfortunately are on the level of dedication it takes for mixed martial arts for fighting period and if you can push yourself through them pains and them struggles physically in that it helps you grow to a different level mentally and I feel like that's why you found MMA as late as you did because I feel like you weren't never meant to actually fight you were meant to have something come into your life at that moment in particular that helped you regain the confidence you had at one point in time through right. what that assistant coach had instilled in you.
1: Right, yeah. And I I couldn't have said it better because like you said, I when when my dad had passed away and I had I, w- I was I think at my deepest point then and I fell out of love with everything. I uh I stayed at home all the time. And then when I did go out, it was to go into the bar and shit like that. Um, But when I did start playing football and I did start training again, or did start training with you uh, for MMA, that that was what I needed because it showed me that I can learn, I can be humbled, and I can also get better, and not just at... Um, MMA but all things because I mean what you learn in MMA and what you learn in football it can all be translated to real life anything and everything can be translated to real life and it's all about how you go about it after the fact when you need to use what you learned in football or training for MMA's, wrestling whatever it may be how can you use that in, in real life
0: and and I think I think your your connection between the two sports and and your your drive and your dedication and your comment about how you can be humbled and you can learn because, like you said, you were two hundred and fifty pounds in the eighth grade. You were always playing with the grades above you. You were always looked at as the top. You went to a small school. You were the And then when you got somewhere in football where you're not the biggest, you're not the strongest, and you're not the best no more, you didn't know how to deal with being humbled because you had never had to be humbled. Because let's be honest, you were were Molly's baby boy. And you still are. And there's nothing wrong with that. So anytime, myself included, that happened to me as well because my mom was the type that would go out to the school losing her mind if she had to. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was, we, we both came from that upbringing where we were in an enclosed safe space no matter where we went because we knew we had somebody that would defend us. Right. So we never had to deal with true humbling or true embarrassment of not living up to an expectation because we were always told when we didn't, it would be okay. Yeah, it was okay and
1: oh, mommy Mommy will tell me it's okay mommy's going to be there if I do something wrong. So
0: to have something like that and something you're so dominant in, per se, like football, happen to you, it can make you lose your drive or lose your passion for 100%. it. And then to go to a different sport that you don't have experience in and to do it and realize after day one, day two of you know maybe getting hit clean or rocked by a guy that looks like he knows what he's doing, but in reality we all know he doesn't and you get drop by him and you're like oh my god what happened and then an hour later you're tapping the same guy out you're like wait a minute so he can get me here but i can get him here so i can be less than you in this aspect if i can be better than you in this aspect and you hadn't had that mindset instilled in you
1: right yeah i mean i don't know if you remember or not but that first day when you Ron, and i think it was cody came over and we trained in my basement and we sparked for like 10 minutes straight, if that, and I ran to my bathroom and I, and I threw up all over the place. It was awful. And I thought spring training for football was hard.
0: Yeah, it's a different animal. But yeah. that's the thing. is, it's. Ron and Cody came with me because Ron and Cody both came from, from similar aspects. Cody got into it for a emotional outlet, became pro, and mm-hmm. established himself. Ron, to this day, is fighting professionally and got into it consistently two years ago as an emotional outlet right you know and them guys were willing to come with me to your house because they understood where you were emotionally and they knew what this could do for you right you said yourself you didn't leave and then you just said first time we trained we came to you yeah you know when 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 you know what this can do for somebody you're you're willing to put in that effort to show that to them and I feel like that's something that people don't realize is that so many people look at martial arts as, oh, you, you do that just because you want to punch somebody and you want to get oh, into yeah. a fight. And the that's amount. not what it is, the amount of dedication it takes. Because the first time a guy 100 pounds smaller than you <laughs> peppers you with 15 shots and dazes you, and you can't hit him clean, you're like, oh, my God, what happened? And one of two things occur. You either want to learn how to not let that happen or that breaks you mentally and Mm -hmm. you walk away but you'll walk away and whether it be a year a day you come back
1: oh yeah
0: and that that teaches you that it's okay to take that defeat but you'll
1: never let it happen again exactly Mm -hmm.
0: and that's that's something that i feel like i feel like 110% 110% is what Izzy Adesanya did in his uh, his last fight with uh, Perea. He, he, he was sick and tired of...
1: Being the underdog.
0: Yes, and, and he had this mental concept that I'm done. That's why there was the, the antagonistic taunt at the end towards his son. The three arrows. And then to go and point at his child in the crowd look at him, say, you, you, and then do the drop dead because his son did that seven years ago. Mm-hmm. That that was, Izzy was going through something mentally, and that's what he said. He, he said, he changed me. He said, I'm something different he than uh, he's going to see. And he came out there and showed that in every aspect that I'm done, I'm past this when he said, I don't want to fight him anymore
1: yeah and it was it was like a mental barrier, and that I feel like every athlete in some way shape or form has one, and it's all about what you're gonna do to break it. What are you gonna do to get past that barrier
0: and I feel like that's that's what makes a great fighter a great fighter is when they can not be affected by that mental aspect and I feel like i don't I don't think he is a top martial artist with his ability yet, but as far as his mindset and his his comprehension of how to not be affected, I think Alex Perea, if he can get the right training, Alex Perea, he he lost to Izzy. He wanted a rematch. Izzy said no. He said, okay, well, then I'm going to go up to 205, and I'm going to fight Jan Bolognowski, the guy that beat you.
1: Yeah, but I mean, why? what does he have to prove against Izzy? I mean, he beat him three times. Was it 3-1 right now?
0: Because and, and and that's that's my argument here. So you wrestled in high school. For a little bit, yeah. Okay. So me and you go have a high school wrestling match right now. I got more experience than you in that and I, I beat you
1: mm-hmm.
0: two times in that. Yep. Okay. Well now I jump over or you you jump over and you start doing boxing because that's the one sport that I've not I know it I've never trained just boxing. Kickboxing, karate Never just boxing. Mm-hmm. You go and you start training boxing. You're 6-0, and 7-0. I show up in a boxing match, and I beat you one time. And then I come back out next fight, and you do me how Izzy just did Perea. Mm-hmm. And you obliterate me early and then come out and say, it was a fluke, he's not as good as me, it's one and one, I'm moving on, I'm not doing the rematch right now. Are you going to say that because I beat you in Greco-Roman style or freestyle wrestling, right. that n- the one one and one in boxing now, so we're even? Yeah. So if I I go pick up four guys, and I beat you in two games of basketball, and then we go play football, and we're one and one in football, are you going to say we're done? Right. Hey, you're the football player. You're you're going to want your get back. You're, you're going to want no, that third because the, you.
1: The, I get you're right. It's the competitive edge in every every, every sport yes every because
0: athlete. if you you put a high school wrestler in a jiu-jitsu tournament
1: that it'll be a tough one
0: yeah now you put a high school wrestler in a freestyle wrestling tournament with just jiu-jitsu guys that jiu-jitsu guy might try to pull a guard oh well you just pinned yourself, you just
1: put
0: yourself... it's 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 the sport but okay. that jiu-jitsu guy might sub him in less than 30 seconds in a jitsu tournament
1: exactly
0: so you can't i understand the argument there where he says it's one-on-one Everybody's like, no, it's three and one. Why? why what's Perea got to prove? Um, that's just stand-up. And let's be honest here. Go back and watch them fights. Izzy was winning both of them fights and then got caught both times. Mm-hmm. He has shown that in smaller gloves, you're not going to catch me and get me anymore. He, he didn't knock Izzy out the first time he beat him in a cage. Izzy stayed standing. And then Izzy came out with the same punch that he hit him with in both kickboxing bouts and in the MMA fight. I was at Motor City Casino live in Detroit after Ron made his uh, pro debut that night in the uh, sports bar the night that fight, the sporting lounge bar. And that place went nuts when Izzy landed that left hook. And it's the same left hook that Izzy's been throwing every time he fights Perea, Mm -hmm. which means that Izzy has seen this since day one in prayer
1: and it goes back to what I was telling you earlier off off record when you watch film it it's everything exactly and I film is everything
0: and I feel like Izzy struggles with the mental aspect still to a degree and, I mean, that's because he tries to McGregor it up to a degree. He likes to play the role. He likes to be the character. I get that. I love that about Adasanya. I love the whole warrior anime gimmick thing. You know, that's another reason why I, I love Yuri prohovich and, and we'll get in on Yuri here in just a minute. Yes. But <clears throat> Izzy, I feel like, still holds some things too personal and lets certain things get under his skin. He showed that with the Jones thing. He's shown that with... Uh, can't believe I'm drawing a blank on the '85. Uh, uh, uh. Volante, I do believe it was the Italian. The the shaved head looked like a white boy. Uh, I, I'm probably saying his name wrong. I can't even remember. Um, Vitoli. You. Vitoli. Yep. Yep. He he got he had the two fights with him, and you know Vitoli got under his skin to a degree. And I was like, ah, is he? Because that guy's where's he at now? You know, is he let a guy that isn't even relevant anymore get him rattled? Exactly. Perea not doing that. And now Perea's going up to the 205 and saying, I want the guy to beat the guy that just beat me. The guy that just beat me don't want to fight? Okay, well, then give me the guy to beat him because I'm going to get you one way or another. And I and I love that about Perea. But I feel like 205, I feel like, yeah, Perea is a big 85-er, but you got knocked out by Izzy Adesanya, who's a little 85-er. And now you're going up there to fight these big dogs like Jan and like Yuri and like our Michigan boy, Jamal. Like, hell, Johnny Walker and Anthony Smith just had a, a war of a fight, I do oh, believe, man. a weekend or two ago. And I, I just actually seen, because I was wondering, because I watched that, because uh, Anthony Smith, I love I love both these guys. I was really torn on this fight. Anthony Smith's uh, getting kicked in the leg, and he said, you're attacking my family. And Johnny Walker, still to this day, he was just interviewed, I do believe, I, I think it was on uh, Ariel Hawane's podcast, the MMA Hour. I think it was just a couple days ago. And Johnny said he still doesn't know what Anthony was talking about. <laughs> 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 that, but, so I was so confused as to, but that, that's what I mean, is there was a mental break there in Anthony Smith there. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it's, it's, but them guys and that power You know, Johnny Walker showed that he he can't take a fucking punch, at least not from Jamal Hill. We've seen that much. But Johnny's improving, you know, and and I like that. You know, and he was interviewed about Jamal afterwards. You know, he said he's coming, he's working on his stuff. But Yuri Prohavich... I've been a Yuri Prohovich fan. My man lives in the woods, has taekwondo mats built into the ground, in the forest, heavy bags hanging from trees. That guy is an animal. He is a true warrior. Yes. He won the belt, got injured, chopped his hair off, and said, i got to give my belt up. I'm a new man. My hair represents my warrior lifestyle. It's a fresh start, new me, injury. Take my belt back because a real warrior would defend their title, and I can't do that. I love Jamal because Jamal's from Grand Rapids. He's a local guy. You know, he's from Michigan. He's got a great fighting style. He's very humble. I love the monotone until he gets hype. I love that. He's he's just here all the time. And then when you cross that line or you you push the issue, then you get that emotion, and I love that. He's so respectful until it needs to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And Yuri... Is supposed to be coming back. To get a shot. Against him. And. If Perea beats Jan. Perea has already said something. To Jamal on social media. And Jamal has responded back. Perea said he's going to kick the door down. Jamal said he'll open it. And welcome him in. So. If, if Perea beats Jan. Does Perea get jamal or yuri i think i think he'll
1: take yuri and then the winner of that fight will um take jamal i think Dana's going to let jamal sit it out for a few more months because he did take some some damage in in his fight with glover and and that's not because jamal wants to it's obviously regulation but i think dana will let uh the winner of that fight fight yuri and then um the winner of that fight will fight Jamal for the belt for 205 champion.
0: Now I I've been in in locker rooms with Jamal at Detroit and Atlanta, you know, local Michigan shows, and Jamal's a big 205. He is a big guy. You know, if I remember right, I think he's probably walks, I think, two gotta be between two thirty, two forty.
1: I was gonna say maybe a a strong two thirty-five.
0: So Who's to say? I mean, Jamal's already said something, and he's been compared to Jones. Hypothetical, because Jones, I do believe, was scheduled to fight Stipe, and it looks like that's not gonna happen. I can't remember who I just read recently might be a replacement now. Really, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, something. Somebody got pulled, an injury occurred. I can't remember, and I'm, I'm not gonna go on my phone and Google and cheat and try to act like I, I had it sitting here in front of me ahead of time when I should have. <laughs> But I feel like that whole two o five bracket is really sitting depending on Perea right now
1: one hundred percent and his, his first fight in two o five will determine how the rest of the year goes pretty much
0: now, where does that leave Adesanya?
1: i i I really couldn't tell you I think he's he's just dominating the the weight class he's in right now and until he either decides to move up, which obviously isn't gonna happen, or move down, which would be dumb. I just don't see I think I just see him defending the belt until somebody great comes along and moves up and tries to take it or they gonna find somebody in his weight class and kicks his ass. I don't know. I just don't see anybody on In the UFC on that roster in that weight class besides Alex Perea who has a chance to fight Israel Adesanya?
0: No, we covered a little bit of the heavyweight, a little bit of 185, a little bit of the 205. Um, I know upcoming, oh as I'm looking, Looks like uh, Marvin Vittori, the one we were just speaking of, has a fight coming up June 17th against uh, Jared Cannonier. That'll be a, a interesting.
1: Now Marvin Vittori, he, he is a very he's a f- entertaining fighter to watch.
0: So looking at the upcoming schedule for UFC, because I want to speak a little bit on, on future stuff before I switch gears to a different promotion. We have UFC 290, Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez. I do believe they fought before, and I do believe Volk won. doesn't surprise me. And Yair lost to Holloway, if I remember correctly as well, and Holloway ain't been able to get the job done against Volkanovski yet either.
1: Right. And same thing with Volk. I mean, he's proven that he is the most dominant in that weight class as well. What weight class is that one is that one forty five he that's what i thought
0: he went up to fifty five and fought uh islam yep yeah and he he didn't didn't get the job done there either
1: oh i I honestly think if they fought again he he goes back and he wins i and I love islam, but I think Volk had him in that fight if one more round yeah.
0: We gotta be sure, at least I I know Damn sure I will be Because I know Robbie Lawler's next fight on his UFC contract Is his last one and that is this one He is the main event of the prelim So he's the last prelim And he's fighting Who is this? Eric Price, I think Nico Price Oh, well, it would help if ESPN loaded the the picture of him Hmm. There we go Yeah, Nico Price Okay, so they're gonna give him a jits guy. Hopefully, Lawler goes out with a with a bang. Robbie Lawler's had a hell of a career, and, and he he definitely deserves to go out with a good finish. I agree. Um, the one that I'm I'm really looking forward to is uh, UFC two ninety one because I've I've been a Dustin Poirier fan since day I one. Love- I I had the Fightville DVD that came out in 2010 that focused on his amateur career in Louisville and then his pro debut. For those listeners that don't know about that, go find that movie. It's called Fightville. It's a documentary on Dustin Poirier uh, up to his, I do believe, WEC debut in 2011. It focuses from like 2008 to 2011. Really, really good movie and uh, backstory on Dustin Poirier. But he's UFC 291. That's when uh, Bloke and Pereira are the co-main because the main event is Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje. Oh, man. But it's for the BMF belt because Nate Diaz is gone and Jorge retired. Oh. So Dana White, after he said the BMF was going to be a one-off, is now allowing it to be def- as a main event of a pay-per-view. So, food for thought, Endeavor purchased WWE a few years ago, and they just purchased the UFC, UFC, and now they have combined the two companies as one called TKO, and it is their own, it's got Tony Khan, or not Tony Khan, Nick Khan, uh, McMahon, Levesque, and a couple other WWE reps, Dana White, and a few of the UFC guys, and then like two Endeavor guys and they all run the promotions together now. So you could see cross cross promoting as far as like sponsorship wise with the other like you could see a WWE pay-per-view logo inside a UFC octagon on the mat, you know, it's like right, a sponsor yeah. now. But the BMF belt gives you very much so pro wrestling vibes. Very much so pro wrestling vibes. So I know 110% that that has to be fully a endeavor TKO move to keep the BMF yeah, belt alive. Yeah. That can't be that can't be Dana. If that's Dana, I'm highly, highly disappointed.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, a promotional stunt, for sure.
0: I'm looking at this card, while wow, they have Derek Lewis on the prelims
1: of this card. I believe it do he has not done good. His last two uh oh that's fights, right, yeah,
0: yeah, you're right. Very
1: good, not very good. Oh, they fu- I, I know that personally because I bet on them. <laughs>
0: uh, they got uh, Michael Michael Chiesa. I don't know if you remember him from the Ultimate Fighter. Fighter used to have the curly hair. He had a rivalry with God because he fights at lightweight, lightweight, and he, I think he moved back up to one seventy. But he, who did he have the rivalry? I want to say it might have been Habib. It was or it was somebody, and I think it was Habib, because he ended up no, because he ended up getting into it with Kevin Lee, and Kevin Lee's supposed to be coming back to the UFC soon too. I'm excited to see that another the Motown Phenom I'm excited to see him return back to the UFC, but they're giving him Kevin Holland, that'll be a good. Play. The Trailblazer. I'm looking forward to that one. Kevin Holland. He he he'll, he'll take a fight against anybody. He's shown did
1: that. He, did he not? Oh no. No, because he took his last fight on short notice. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah,
0: yep. And then Paulo Costo is fighting, uh, waiting for ESPN. against Ikram Azalov, one of Habib's guys. Yep, fourteen and one.
1: Uh, I don't know how Paulo's gonna do against a wrestler.
0: Mm, I don't know. Paulo Paulo's looked a little different since he's he's been consistent you know, making weight again. His last fight, he looked really good.
1: Since he knocked out, uh, Logan Paul. Just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And then, the Coco man, if he still gets to fight, because of his recent DUI, El Kakui Tony Ferguson, against Bobby Green. Now, I forgot
1: he got a DUI. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. That popped up on my, uh, my feed the other day.
0: Now, I low-key have a deep burning hatred for Bobby Green <laughs> because Bobby Green and Michael Johnson are the only two that I can remember recently to get, other than uh, Bronx, to get a win over Dustin Poirier, and that's dating back to early UFC days. It, Michael Johnson introduced him to the 155 division and got him with one, right. and and Bobby Green got him on his way out of the 145 division. So, who was,
1: uh, who was Dustin Poirier's most recent fight against?
0: Mm, was that Dubronx? No, no, he fought somebody after Dubronx, didn't he? Oh, it was Michael Chandler. Yep, yep, oh,
1: yeah, that was a great fight because Michael Chandler, he, they, st- they. Pounded each other's face in that fight.
0: What do you think of the new Ultimate Fighter season coming up, McGregor? Chandler, I
1: cannot wait. I, I think Conor McGregor, at that weight class. What weight class? Well, they're moving up a weight class. I think they're moving up. What did you say? One eighty-five.
0: Yeah, that that's two weight classes. Chandler fights at fifty-five. Yeah. McGregor. Now I know because and you know because you've had leg injuries. When your leg gets injured and you still work out, you gain upper body. And then when you 100%. bring that leg to match the other leg, the other leg gained as well. And all of a sudden, you gain 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how? Yeah. McGregor, I don't know if he's going to have the speed
1: probably won't be the speed, but I think he'll make up for it in power. I
0: think that's going to be a problem because that's what makes McGregor good is McGregor has speed and accuracy. If he lacks that speed, Michael Chandler's got a chin. And Michael Chandler shown that. You can drop him, he would get up Frankie Edgar style, backwards somersault, and keep swinging at you. I I love Michael Chandler. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But Michael Chandler struggled with a certain individual his whole career. And that was Pitbull Alvarez over in Bellator. And Pitbull was a power puncher. And he was a straight brawler. If McGregor comes out straight boxing style like he did with Floyd, then McGregor's going to get a quick finish. If he doesn't like he did Cerrone, then I feel like McGregor's going to dominate that.
1: I mean you don't think adding that weight on to uh Michael Chandler you don't think that'll make him slower like his wrestling yeah.
0: No because he he's a wrestler and you know that wrestlers yeah, well, have certain explosiveness to them that they don't lose in their step that's and he's he, he, he he'll never lose that I guess that's That's true. why Lesnar was so quick at heavyweight certain certain things you don't DC's lose DC Yeah well DC's got a fucking tummy bigger than you when you were in the 8th grade <laughs> 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 So I mean that uh, that that says it in and of itself there.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, you got a point there. But I am excited for that fight, and I will be watching that whole season.
0: Now, what do you think of, I don't know if you follow boxing at all, the uh, Lomachenko fight that just happened recently? I think he got gypped. I do, too, and I'm glad you said that. I, I feel like... Was it
1: Devin Hartley? Is that who we fought?
0: No, uh you're you're thinking uh Devin Haney. Devin Haney. Yep, yep, yep. And that's a prime example of boxing being boxing. You know, it happens all the time. You know, we we just seen it there was a local fighter that I just seen, uh Tristan Canada. He he had just fought for a boxing belt and that's what people were saying about his fight is is that he was he was robbed he was a hometown guy, you know, Cody from Cody Bakery had the same thing happen, dropped a guy in Dearborn and and lost via split decision even though he had the only knockdown of the fight, you know, it, it some things just don't add up, but that's just the the, and the game of boxing.
1: And unfortunately enough, that's how um a lot of these sports get called rigged because of stuff like that because of obvious scoring errors and that even people like you or I or even just people that don't watch it that that are watching it for fun pretty much that they notice stuff like that and could probably score better than most judges do
0: and and that's that that's the thing is that's that's why I I'm a huge fan of Tyson Fury because Fury will finish you. He don't give a damn about a scorecard. His objective is to go out there and get the finish. Now, with that said, I do believe he's getting ready to fight uh, Andy Ruiz. Oh, yeah. The one that uh, knocked out uh, Anthony Joshua.
1: The Spanish guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. The
0: one that knocked out Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Now I think he
1: is entertaining as hell. Ruiz is
0: gonna get demolished. He's he's not ready for Fury. i don't know. <laughs> I'm. I, mean, I, mean, I,
1: I love the guy, so I'm just gonna ride him just because I, I think. I mean, he's... don't don't get me wrong, because
0: I, I I love, I love anybody that's a Mexican fighter because they all die on their shields. You know, oh, like 100%. that's how Eddie Alvarez just got. You know, you know his. Everybody was doubting him, and that's what I was saying, before another podcast episode was. Random his the any any hispan Michael Corbajal Hall uh, Juan Manuel Marquez uh, fucking Manny Pacquiao any any Hispanic based whether that be Filipino Cuban Puerto Rican Mexican they they all have a certain mentality that Aztec warrior die on your shield type and and. I I love that, that oh, every yeah. single one of them, and then it might be biased because I'm Hispanic, but, but I <laughs> don't give a damn. Say what you want. I, I, it is what it is. You know that's that's no, name no. one Hispanic fighter, minus Ryan Garcia. I, 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 I already guess. I already touched on that I was just because that <laughs> Ryan Ryan had a pre-existing injury, and the fact that his corner and his coach weren't there. I'm fifty-fifty on the fence on whether or not he really had a mole and tank was aware ahead of time to that rib injury or not regardless i tell you what i've been hit you've been hit in the liver and in the ribs and you know them delayed ones they hurt fucking it's
1: hurt it's the breath that you try to take in after getting hit in the ribs that hurts the absolute most
0: but what killed me for him and his aspect of it is the fact that he he knew if he got up he was going to get dropped harder well then get dropped harder, motherfucker. Get up there and I'm die prideful. on your shield. Be prideful. Thank you, yes. I don't understand that. If you're down forty two to three, are you gonna just not play when they hike the ball? Or are you still gonna go for the quarterback and try to get the sack? Mm.
1: Stats matter.
0: Exactly. Thank you. Stats and that's matter. that's I don't yeah, that 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 was But if we're on on the subject still of boxing, I do believe who was it the Wilders getting ready to fight? isn't it Joshua I think it is Um,
1: oh man I haven't done any boxing homework
0: Um, give me one second yeah I do believe oh no from Design six hours, Deontay Wilder's coach reacts to unpredictable Tyson Fury's offer to fight Anthony Joshua.
1: Anthony Joshua has been told to avoid fighting.
0: No, not that one. Yep, so yeah, it looks like it. it, it is talks of Joshua and Wilder next, but now Fury apparently a few hours ago came out and offered to fight him. Tyson Fury just being Tyson Fury because he don't like Deontay Wilder and <laughs> knows he can get a bigger payday for Joshua. So, what a fucking goat move by Tyson Fury. That's what I mean. And you interview that guy, and that guy will laugh and be like, yeah, I did it just because fuck him. Yeah. Like, he, he did some pro wrestling a couple of years ago, too, and, and he's he didn't even have to be a character. He was just him fucking self because that guy is a goddamn character. I love Tyson he the Fury. main character.
1: Anywhere, anywhere he's at, he becomes the main character. And he makes it known that wherever he's at,
0: there. <laughs> now, Now, what's your thoughts if we're talking, you know, boxing realm still? Logan Paul's been doing his thing, you know, and he's got the upcoming fight with Diaz. Or not not Logan. Ooh, listen to me. God, Logan's Jake. the WWE guy. Yeah, listen to me. Oof, Sound like fucking... Yeah, that. I know, Logan's I know. Imagine how Diaz, the listeners bro. feel right now. <laughs> They're probably like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> Turned it off and everything on me. But Jake, has signed with PFL. Yep. He signed earlier this year and said he expected to make his MMA debut by the end of the year. Yep. Nate Diaz is a free agent. People don't fucking realize what's going to happen. Win, lose, or draw, we're going to see Nate Diaz and Jake Paul in PFL. Mm-hmm. Now PFL, I love PFL because they're the only MMA company that has a season with a point systems. I've pitched I didn't see
1: that, I love that too.
0: I've pitched the idea of a fantasy MMA league similar where you pick your fighter, you pick the win method, you pick the round. If you pick all of those right, you get your three points plus three for picking right. If you only pick, you know, the fighter right, you only get one and you know, so on and so forth. You dictate points that way. PFL kind of does the same thing. You get a round one knockout, you get the most amount of points. The guy that gets a round three decision, you know, he gets the least amount of points. Right. And so you can lose, you know, one fight, you know, by decision, two fights by split decision, and win four by knockout, and you're going to beat the guy that won all of his fights by Five decision. Points. Yeah, you know, okay. it, it it just, it's, it's, it's unique. I like it, you know, and, and they have the playoffs afterwards and the million-dollar tournament every year, and they got guys like... Tiago Santos and Anthony Pettis. And, you know, they've, they've signed bigger names over there. and They just signed uh, Francis Ngannou. Yes, you? that's what I was getting to. They signed Ngannou. And Ngannou, yeah. I do believe, has guaranteed it's like... $2 million a fight. Yeah, and his opponent gets like a $1.2 million minimum. Yeah,
1: I, I read it was like $1 million. But obviously it obviously didn't get down to like the
0: nitty-gritty yeah, of it. But $1 that, million
1: dollars per fight anyway
0: guaranteed. Yes, and that's for his opponent. And they signed... Jake Paul, who has been one of the biggest advocates of calling Dana White and UFC out for not having a fighter's union and not offering retirement and insurance and all these other things. So I love the fact that PFL has a season style offer, a million dollars every year. They're signing guys that they know are trying to help unionize the sport and make the sport better. Like NFL, any football league, has a players organization. Well, it's a union. And, and, and so does the NBA. Right. You know, and, and so does the NHL and the MLB. There is a MMA union that GSP and them guys have been working on trying to form and get established, but it's not in every major promotion, and it should be. And I love that PFL is bringing these guys in because they're already a different style. Their style is, it makes so much more sense as a sports aspect you can actually follow a fighter for a reason and be like, man, am I going to make the playoffs? Yeah, no like kidding. you can every other sport. You it's not actually
1: make like a, like a fantasy. That's you know? what I
0: just said. Yeah, yeah. that's what I want to do is yeah. do like a fantasy. But so I love that PFL is getting these big names. I hope they get Nate Diaz. I hope they get the opportunity to blow up and try to push what they're doing and and their ideas and who they're backing. But I give it... The way things are going, because I, you know, I follow pro wrestling too. I'll get into that on the next episode. But it, it, it's it's hard for me to be confident that the UFC is going to maintain the number one spot the way things are going because WWE's lacking in their aspect too, and now they're under the same title, and UFC's already been slipping. So it's like. How can you focus on keeping one at number one when both are struggling to hold their position yeah. and they weren't under the same banner until recently? UFC definitely, uh,
1: during COVID, had their their sky high in sales, pay-per-view sales, whatever it may be. And then now that everything's getting back to normal, it essentially is back to normal. Knock on wood. But uh, I think, uh, like you said, I think that it'll... It's going to start going downward, and then more like the PFL will start start rising, coming to a rise, and
0: yeah, I Be- think. Bellator's already been on their game because people fail to realize I that Bellator's Bellator- owner, Scott Coker, is the same guy that owns Strikeforce, and he sold all of Strikeforce and shit to Dan White, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that money, and I'm going to create this thing over here, and I'm going to allow kickboxing, and I'm going to allow this, and I'm going to have my tournaments, and I'm and they have... As almost as many, if not more, I think they have more Bellator numbered events already than they do UFC events. Because Coker will sign that many guys and continue. You have guys making pro debuts over in Bellator. Coker gives everybody a chance and that you get them local markets and you get them local draws and then buys and like Kenny,
1: uh-huh.
0: who, yep. who, who who you Kate know from Frost. school, you know, he. I, I touched on him on my last podcast too, you know, he just made his Bellator debut in, at the Hawaii Card a couple weeks ago, you know. Yeah. He he gives everybody their dues, and I love that about Coker and Bellator. And,
1: and that's what I think is a flaw with the UFC, is that they, they go for like the bigger name guys, not like, I'm going to use Bo Nickel as an example, because Bo Nickel was a four-time national championship at Penn State, I mean can't go wrong with the guy obviously he's gonna be great in the UFC but I mean he's a great wrestler so you know he's gonna go in there take the guy down submit him or knock him out on the ground or he's he's trying to go for uh Gable Stevenson and along with the WWE he's trying to gather
0: and now well. they're under the same same banner so he you could see guys cross promote like that like people don't realize you could see Lesnar back in the UFC now exactly now granted, you know Lesnar doesn't like the guys that run the UFC and shit, but you know it it, it is what it is. He's got his issues with Endeavor, but money talks, money bullshit is, walks, you money know. Is king. And and if 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 we're on the subject of guys not getting credit and recognition and them going after big names, me and you talked earlier off-record about Sean O'Malley, Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain had the very controversial win against Peter Yan and then came back and dominated Peter Yan again, and he, he's he been on a tear since. People, Aljamain Sterling but, is what Damian Maya was back in the day, which is what Hoose Gracie was back in the day. God forbid yeah. you let that man take you down. It is a wrap. Ask Cody Stamen. Cody Stamen is a local Michigan guy as well. He's a dog. I think he's a 15 fight vet in the UFC now. Eljermane Sterling, I do believe, got him in a mounted or inverted triangle, and that's that's I do believe the last time Cody was finished. <laughs> so I mean that says something about. I'd have
1: to I'd have to look it up, but it it, it was like a poll that I saw, and it said like um, the amount of fighters in the UFC that are or I think professional martial arts that are strictly are based their training around wrestling, mostly yep, wrestling. Yep, yep,
0: Wrestling based that has the most wins. It was a stat that uh, was posted actually by ESPN and it's been going around Facebook that when UFC first debuted back in 1993... And when Gracie came out, they thought that they were going to be the company and the sport that proved that jiu-jitsu was the most dominant sport in the world. And in reality, it has proven that wrestling, whether it's Greco-Roman or freestyle, Mm -hmm. is the most dominant sport in the world. I do believe it's over uh, 65% of UFC champions have been wrestling-based competitors.
1: Hence hence the reason. Habib Nurmagomedov, 29-0, wrestler. (laughs) I mean,
0: it, it, I mean, and the the, the the unspoken of goat, you know, Matt Hamill, the only man to ever yeah. beat John Jones. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a damn if it was by DQ or not. If John Jones is the goat, then Matt Hamill's the goat of goats, <laughs> and that man yeah. was wrestling based. DC's wrestling based, you know. It, it's Randy Couture, Brock Lesnar, you know. It, it doesn't matter Henry Cejudo, who you know just took a, a recent loss to El Jermaine as well, you know, and he's still. Algermain still isn't getting the credit. I do believe it's been like a nine or a 12-month span. El fought two or three times. Mm-hmm. It, it's insane. It Other champions get, you know, 18, 12 to 18 months off. You know, it right. shows that Dana, he's not a ticket draw. Algermain is the modern-day Demetrius Johnson. The UFC hates that he has the belt because he's as good as he is, but because he's as good as he is and he doesn't do anything else, he's not a ticket draw.
1: Right, and, and I think that's a, it's a bigger problem. In their weight class too, because they're smaller guys, and nobody wants to see smaller guys grappling and wrestling and all on the ground and whatnot. They want to see smaller guys bang, and that's why Sean O'Malley is loved by Dana White. That's why he's he's uh, gotten to the top contender spot so so fast. That's why he got to the contender series so fast. And I think, yeah, I think Dana, like you said, is trying to move on from Aljamain Sterling as fast as possible. To increase the viewings for UFC and I think that best way is through Sugar Sean O'Malley.
0: Yeah, in, in Dana's opinion, definitely 110%. That's, that's the route that he's going.
1: Like if there is stock in Sugar Sean O'Malley, Dana has thousands, millions of shares <laughs> in Sugar Sean O'Malley.
0: Definitely. <laughs> now, we only got a, a few minutes left on this episode and I do want to uh give give a shout out and a mention to uh Clips again Carlos Lina's International Promotions they're uh partnering up with uh Munib and uh Weaver's Boxing Gym in uh I do believe Southwest Detroit um to put on a show June 24th in Muskegon, Michigan. Uh, they will be at the Trinity Health Arena. Uh really excited for them guys over there at Clips. You know, it's 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 a pretty big event, you know, it's it's a much larger arena than they've had the opportunity of using before. Um any fighters from the area or outside state area pro looking for an opportunity definitely reach out. Uh John Chelbeck. Uh, Muneeb uh Carlos Linus, any of them on Facebook, social media, any platform you can contact them. It's a big card, big opportunity, definitely something fight fans and fighters don't want to miss out on. Um, outside of that, I want to uh, make sure I give a mention to travis and sporting lounge again for giving us this opportunity to have this platform to have our conversation today to be able to bring a little bit of information to you listeners apologize again about being late you know as i said before though we're always a day late but never a dollar short and uh want to thank you naim for coming in today and, and spending this hour with me to have this talk with these guys and and be a part of my first, you know, customizable portion, I really appreciate that.
1: Of course, thanks for having me. I, it was very fun, this and this being my first interview slash podcast, I was very nervous at first.
0: That's all right, that's, that's, that's common, that's typical, we have that in most people, including myself, <laughs> still to this day, but uh, we get through it and we appreciate all the time that you give us, we appreciate the opportunity to be able to share with you guys the information that we have and the message that we got. Again, this has been It's More Than Just Fights. I am your host, The Real Deal, Ricky Roller. Have a great day.